Squad Radio, the music you want. With your host, Keys Dan. Who's the monkey? RadioWhat.com. What's up, party people? It's Keys Dan with RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com, coming to you live and in living color from the Radio What Studios. And this is my podcast, What Makes You Famous? It's an extension of the RadioWhat.com internet radio station that I've been running for quite some time. And if you need DJ services, where do you go? DJLittleRock.com. Let me say that one more time. DJLittleRock.com. Check availability and get a free price quote. And maybe you can have me at your next event. I like to party with the people. Yes, the people need to be entertained. They need to break out and go and have some fun. (laughs) All right. Today on the program, Catherine Habby. Who's Catherine Habby? Well, you're going to find out in the next few minutes so stick around this week's shows yay i have a show this week this is the part of the program where i tell you about the public shows and the private shows that i'm doing this week's shows i'm at the rab in conway arkansas yes the rab has opened up to limited capacity and yes there will be rules and please 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 if you feel sick and stay home please stay home you know certainly we want to be vigilant as we ride through this novel covid19 coronavirus and the scientists i know that they're out there they're out there trying to find the cure or at least a good treatment so we can't so so we don't have to be so afraid of these little tiny bug that's out there it's not going to get us all I believe that we're going to be fine. I believe that we will prevail. But yes, great news. The video dance party karaoke jam is going on at the Rab in Conway, Arkansas. They got pool tables, shuffleboard, darts. They got uh, a giant Jenga game. Uh, checkers yes come on out and there's foosball too so come on out we're we're gonna keep uh six feet away from each other and and make sure that i'll uh sanitize the equipment before during and after the show so yes uh we will remain vigilant and in, in, in this time and uh and we'll go to the rab and party on all right without further ado that's enough of my rambling uh, let's talk to Catherine Habby. now she's teaching me something new i've I've been using some skype i mean i've done a lot of audio podcast and then i started doing the skype podcast and she has just taught me that zoom might be the way to go so i'm learning about zoom so let's uh let's zoom Catherine habby now figure this out Catherine Habby I hi, hi. no doubt better now. you sound like you're in better now. but I can hear you all right give the people got oceans between us ah, no worries it's probably on my side but I have the ability to fix the audio a little bit so Catherine Habby once again I know for the first time people are listening to this but I'm going to say once again because we did have uh, technical difficulties using the zoom zoom devices this is the first time that I'm conducting a meeting okay. zoom on the what makes you famous podcast so Catherine Habby tell the people who you 
are. All right. Um, as I said before, I've always been a teacher. And when I moved to UK, I started writing about my experiences here as a substitute teacher. And then uh, that turned out into a book. And then I decided to publish the fairy tales, which I've been um, you know, writing for my family. And then I guess I didn't stop after that. There were lots of books, of books for babies, which I've started writing. Um, and then I've written the Triptych Trilogy, which was based on some of the stuff I've uh, observed in the British Museum here. And I kind of, um, you know, <laughs> melted it all together and uh, produced what is <laughs> up for everyone to see. Yeah, that's about it. Well, very so, good. <laughs> yes. So, okay. uh, once again, say. Oh, yeah. Um, well, during lockdown, I also started a new uh, set of uh, spiritual books, you know, for, to help out with my church, uh, with the catechism and students there. And they're up on the church website. And uh, yeah, they're in a new series of books as well for that. I like that. All right. So, they, okay. We'll, we'll, we'll discuss the lockdown a little bit since uh, you, you did bring it up a little bit. As we record this in May of 2020, we're currently in a coronavirus pandemic, the COVID-19. So, uh, the creative people, such as yourself, are stuck indoors for the most part and not able to to go off and do things uh, out into the world. So you have to find new ways to be creative. And Catherine Habby, you have found new ways to be creative by making uh, books on more subjects. Now, you've chosen to go into the spiritual. Uh, now, what, what kind of spiritual are, are we talking about? Um, well, they're basically prayer books because uh, I am also a catechist. Uh, I mean, I teach the students in the church uh, in weekend. So uh, because of lockdown, they could not complete the course. They could not um, get the sacraments. So uh, everything shut down, obviously. So uh, we needed a way to contact them. And then I just offered to, you know, get prayers uh, compiled into a book form. And then it's up on the church website. Uh, yeah. Very good. Well, I mean, like I, like I said, the sound is not uh, ideal. It's not oh. what I want it to be. But I am glad to see your lovely face. And for those yeah, that are listening to the audio version of this podcast, uh, I will put it up on my YouTube page as a video version as well. Oh, so great. you can see the person behind all the creativeness. I mean, I did mm-hmm. find you on, on Twitter, you know, and then I, I since then I found you on Amazon and my goodness, you are prolific. You say you're a teacher, <laughs> but you not only okay. teach your small class, but you teach the world through all the literature that you put out. How, you know, when did you start? Oh, well, thank you. At? Very late, actually. Um, maybe just about 40 when I'm 40. I always wanted to write, but never had the time. Maybe after coming to UK, I've actually ventured into it um, whole lot. I mean, on a whole large scale, yeah. So, Catherine Habby, you, you grew, you didn't grow up in the UK. You're from someplace else. Where are you from? Oh well, I'm from India actually, and I only moved to UK in 2016. So uh, it was an official transfer for my husband, and then we just tagged along and just to see how it goes. And we've kind of stayed back for a while. Let's see how it works out. So fantastic. I mean, being yeah. growing up in India, that, that was it a smaller town? Or are there any small towns in India? Because uh, from what I hear, there's a lot of people there. And it's, uh, you know, wall-to-wall pe- people. But uh, what is it growing up in Italy, in India? Uh, how is that growing up for um, Catherine? Okay, yes. Uh, India to everybody sounds like this uh, mythical traditional place, but I'm basically a townie. I'm uh, lived in Mumbai, which is the financial capital of the country, and it's really crowded and quite developed and modern. And um, it's just like the rest of the world. I don't find it very different from where I'm living now in London. So it's just uh, you know the number of people and it's crowded. And yes, as you said, it's very crowded. But uh, yeah, it's just like 
it's a global village everybody it's it's like anywhere else so i didn't find it very different quite quite good actually yeah my experiences have been nice uh, so, the villages yeah they are different and yeah not uh, as advanced as cities but yeah lucky for me i've been in a part of the world which is like the rest of the uh, global village yeah yeah from what i'm understanding uh, you're a big city girl catherine you go from one <laughs> big city to another big city from Mumbai probably one of the few cities that I know about in India that I've heard of I've seen it in movies I've seen it in pictures I've seen it in documentaries I, I I find that it is fascinating it's a very hustle and bustle and very productive city you know people say wow my goodness look at that city it's so wonderful so uh, you know environmentally I mean not um was the engineer it's an engineering masterpiece some of the buildings that are there are just incredible to, to view to see but you know you left there and you went to another big town of London you know I guess you're not a small town girl they wouldn't classify you as a as a farm girl or or someone who lives in the small <laughs> towns you like cities you like people is that is that what I'm understanding um well i i do feel more alive in cities but right i guess we would always love being in a countryside at the ideal vacation spot and you know where probably would like to retire for now yes cities are where i live love to observe people and um, yeah these times are really unique and dystopian and it's more interesting to watch more people around uh, in these times and how they're dealing with and it's really interesting place to be now for writers as you said um although we're stuck at home i mean you can watch on tv how people are you know uh, stuck uh, with ma- walking around with masks stuck behind glass windows and animals on the streets and it's really a toxicity world and it's really wonderful for a writer to be in at this time <laughs> yeah i mean i mean considering all the illness around i mean in spite of all that you know for a writer it is really Uh, once in a lifetime experience. Oh yeah, well I mean you can't write unless you have experiences and that's one thing that you do. And you say that you started writing actual books later in life. Uh yeah. you know, and that's what you have to do is you have to have some kind of experience before you can put it down pen to paper or I guess uh, well, do people use paper anymore? It seems like it's all yeah. on computer or using some kind of a scribe app. Uh you know, but uh, I'm guessing in India were you uh, a teacher back then? Uh, all the way up until you left in 2016 and went to London and and you're still a teacher as well right that's right yeah i do teach in a local afi college i was in a school in india before and then now i teach in a local afi college what well, what kind of uh, schooling what kind of teaching were you doing when you were living in, in india well i've taught um, all kinds of age groups I started with the pre primary section because um, i was initially a banker i mean i after my children were born i kind of moved on to teaching which i always wanted to do something to do with literature and english so i've taught from all kinds of ages you know from nursery to middle school and uh, right now i've moved on i'm in colleges now well catherine habby so many stories you could tell you've already uh, <laughs> made it known that you're a banker you're a mother you're a wife you are a teacher you're an author and there's so many different avenues that you can explore there if you want to tell anybody you know all the things that you you've done you could brag on yourself cuz primarily i made this podcast so i could learn from people and i'm learning from you catherine habby i want to learn you know what you know and and anything you care to uh, disclose i'm happy for it and you say you know and if you have any long stories i'm here i've got time i'm locked down just like anybody else in this pandemic <laughs> <laughs> Well I guess um, reading helps I mean I have just been all, I've always loved reading I've always read as a child and um been telling stories to all my cousins even as I was growing up and it 
I think I've always been a storyteller inside, and reading helps in a way that, and eventually does come out. So my advice to everybody aspiring to be a writer: just keep reading <laughs> everything you get. <laughs> well, do you yeah. remember some of the first stories that you were telling to your family, to your cousins in particular? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, sure. They they still remind me. They were about. I mean, we had about a five to ten year difference with each of them, and I was the oldest cousin, and I would be uh, like in the middle of a dark night, you know, when we went for vacations in summer in, in Kerala. There would be blackouts, fireworks, and something like that. So it will be we'll be at around a candlelight. I'll be telling them stories of Sherlock Holmes and scary stuff, and they still remember. <laughs> so yeah, that's the kind of stuff I did tell them. Yeah. So these are stories that you read. So Arthur Conan Conan Doyle's yeah. uh, stories of Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. I'm currently yeah. watching with my family uh, out there in the living room. Uh, we're watching the the Sherlock Holmes series with oh, what uh, a coincidence. with uh, yeah. Cumberbatch, uh, and he yeah, is yeah. amazing. And, and my yes. daughter, my fourteen year old daughter, has made mention that he would make a wonderful Doctor Who because she is definitely a Whovian. Oh. We definitely like that. But uh, you know the the different incarnations of Sherlock Holmes in in particular, I definitely. Uh, appreciate those writings yeah. and those stories. Do you find yourself drawn to to maybe mysteries or or maybe you know one man or one person that can solve everything and no one else can help? Uh, you know, or do you find? I mean, what kind of stories are you drawn to? I have always loved Sherlock Holmes, and I've been addicted uh, since my teens. I finished the whole series that whole summer vacation that I've been reading at one go. You know, it was it was amazing, and I've always loved it. I watched. All, all most versions of it are shown on television, and uh, and my my children are big fans too. So, I think I've uh, kind of passed it on. Um, besides uh, detective novels, I I like uh, O. Henry is kind of my favorite. I like him, Roald Dahl. Um, there are quite a few authors that I like, mostly British, unfortunately. Yeah, so there's P. G. Woodhouse and the Agatha Christie series, the Poirot ones, they're good too. Um, I like quite a lot of classics actually. So uh, Emily Bronte, The Wuthering Heights, and um, quite a few actually. I can't, I can't just uh, name them all here. Yeah. Well, I find myself consuming audio audio books. You know, whenever I I, I say I read books uh, these mm-hmm. days, I'm not actually reading books. I'm listening to them in my headphones while I'm driving, while I'm walking, while I'm exercising. <laughs> I need to exercise more if you see me, you know. But uh, you know, while I'm doing <laughs> several things, it's pretty easy to put some headphones on and you know learn something while I'm doing something else now you mm-hmm. have what was your first work and when was that that was you say it was very recent what what, what kind of thing did you write about the first time are you talking about audiobooks too your books um you mean recently or my, the first one that I've started with Yes, your your first book that you wrote, that you actually wrote, because right. you're an author, of of course. For those that haven't figured it out, Catherine Habby is an, an author as well as a teacher. So there's many avenues to explore. I mean, I definitely want to learn about all your, all your authorship because I'm looking and I, 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 mean, I almost can't even count how many books you have here. There's <laughs> at least how, how many books do you have out on Amazon? <laughs> 16 or more. I have a lot of stuff counting now. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, for, for those that, that have thought about writing a book, I mean, what is, the, okay, a standard interview question in three, two, one. What is the process of writing a book and, what you know, how do you come up with your ideas? No, I, you know, serious, in all seriousness, that sounds like a, you know, a very standard question, but it, it is interesting to me, you know, someone who 
okay, I'm 51 years old. I've had some kind of a life, but to put it to paper, to put it down into a novel form or, or book form, it, it seems so odd to me. I'm more of an audio person. I, I've been talking into microphones since 1986, at least, oh. you know, when I started on the radio. And I enjoy talking to people and finding out how they work, how they tick. What is your process for writing books, Catherine Habby? Right. Um, so even for you, I'm sure that at some point of time, you would be planning out your activities for the next day on pen and paper. I'm sure you do that, a basic kind of planning, yeah? So uh, what I did was always uh, note down if I observed something around me that was unique or different, and maybe basically maintain a diary. And then at some point of time, when you really do have enough time, turn it into a book. <laughs> Um, well, I, as I said before, uh, my first book was about my adventures as a substitute teacher, like supply teacher, as they call it in UK. So um, kind of uh, different uh, experiences that I had, because for me, everything was different and unique. We never had this concept in India of a substitute teacher. Um, and um, here, going to a new school every day was really difficult for me because I, I couldn't find school from the first place because, uh, yeah, I'm new to the country and the city and, and my accent, people, the students found it difficult and it was really humorous. If you look at it that way, it was funny and I had to write it down. I had to make a note of it. And uh, and the best part is the vacations when you could just kind of assemble, assimilate all the information you had and then, yeah, I guess that's when I started really writing it. Uh, yeah, that's how I began. Oh, I love it. That's just the drawing from your own experiences, the ability to take those experiences and form them into something that, that can be consumed either visually by reading or audioly. Now, do you, when you get these books, have you made them into audio books? Yes, most of my books are in audio format as well. Uh, I've had the wonderful uh, Linda Fittak who's been helping me. She's from US actually. And um, we've been contacting on the internet, each other on the internet, and she's been uh, lending her voice to all my books, and she's amazing. And most of my children's books have even these um, background music, which she adds, like Baby in the Garden is amazing with lovely uh, sounds of birds chirping, and it's really lovely. I mean, you have to listen to it. And um, she does uh, put a lot of effort into converting my books into uh, audio form. So the baby series are all done by her. And initially, uh, I've had them done by different authors for the different versions, different genres that I've had, like the trilogy. All three are by different uh, authors, I mean, all different narrators. Um, and um, yeah, the earlier ones, they're all by different narrators. But then, yeah, that's how it goes. I'm, I'm st I love uh, Linda's work. So for all my baby series, her voice is perfect. So Audible has been really good to me. So most of my books are available. There. Well, Catherine, I do appreciate giving credit where credit is due. Uh, what was her name again? It's Linda. So it's F-I-T-A-K, Linda F-I-T. <laughs> the pronunciation of names. Uh, yeah, I couldn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do appreciate that. You know, as an MC at various events, whenever I see a name that just looks uh, you know, wild to me or maybe could be mispronounced, I make sure that I go to, to some family member or someone in the know. And How do you pronounce this? Oh, it's Smith. Smith. <laughs> Good idea. Never Smith. It's always something like blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so you so you don't read the audio books yourself? No, I wouldn't dare. <laughs> well, I mean I, I know. That, that sometimes, you know, the author uh, has a different insight. You know, when they when they write the book, they know themselves how to read that book. So it takes a certain special kind of person, such as Linda. 
and the last name still eludes me, but that's fine. <laughs> such as Linda to to uh, find your voice and put it into a, a character of sorts and and read it out uh, vocally. So you say that she's doing a very good job in, of that of, yeah. of saying your ideas. That's right. She's fabulous with my baby books. She gives so many sound effects. It's amazing. Uh, and with my first initial books, the triptych, for instance, I found it very difficult to uh, convey what I wanted exactly because a lot of it is the story of the triptychology is based in uh, three different uh, cities, uh, one uh, two in India and then back in London. So the parts which involve India, the narrator was um, American and he could he could not pronounce some of the words and there was a lot of brainstorming to get to where I wanted him to, you know, being his pronunciation and convincing him that this is how I need it. It was tedious. So maybe I'll stick to Indian narrators for Indian stories and, you know, general ones with British authors or narrators. I mean, I'm still working on it. Yeah. But for the baby books, yes, Linda was the best. Well, I, I love having the technology that we have to where we can not only consume uh, visually because, you know, growing up, of course, I, I didn't have uh, much audio book. So when I had to read and I had to put those stories and make the, the, the visuals in my mind. But now with audio and you say that she's adding sound effects and different voices and that helps you to to make a picture in your own mind of, of what's being put to that paper. I think that's so great. It's just a, it adds that much more dimension to your stories. Now, okay, being a teacher, uh, I'm guessing that you use some of your stories in your classes. This is just me projecting, but is that something that you do? And also for your children, your own children, what do they think of your writings? So you could uh, take any part of those, those uh, statements or that question. And, and bring that out. Tell the people more. Expound. Right. Um, my children are my testing board, actually, for every new story. I, I have to narrate it to them at night and see how they react. They generally give me a lot of inputs, and I work on it accordingly. At least the latest short stories, the fairy tales 2020. I've actually had them to give some inputs. Uh, some of the stories which they wrote for local competitions, I tried to incorporate them here. So it was for the BBC 500 words and more. So I've got a few couple of stories from them as well. In the, so, yeah, we are, we're working on it together. And as far as work goes, I haven't told them yet <laughs> that I write stories. I, because I'm working in a college, like, and I really haven't divulged this part of my, uh, this aspect of my life to them yet. Oh, my goodness. In this day and age, <laughs> anyone of any... I don't know. They haven't found out yet. <laughs> there has to be. If you're using your real name, they have to have looked you up online, at least found your Facebook page. <laughs> your Instagram page and uh, I guess very simple. They don't want to know more about their teacher. The last person they want to Google. <laughs> Are you kidding me? These kids today, and yeah, I just got older by saying that statement. These kids today, they know everything. They know much, much more. Everything is at their fingertips <laughs> in that little phone, little phone that they have. It's got the, the whole world. And from what I'm understanding is, uh, well, I, I listened to a podcast with Elon Musk. I have no idea why I'm bringing this up, but he wants to, to take a chip and put it into your head. And he believes that everyone in the world can speak with the conscious, with the, with the ideas of everyone. What do you think about the whole world coming together and sharing all these experiences? You know, right now it's, it's on the phone, it's on the computer, but what do you think of people sharing their experiences? Do you, do you think that's going to make the world a better place? Uh, you know, people understanding each other? 
or do you well, think there's going to be more conflict because people will understand each other? Well, uh, it's really interesting. Uh, Elon Musk, uh, in, I mean, is intriguing uh, as a person. I mean, I'm amazed by what he called his child. I mean, that's an unusual name for a child to be called. Um, um, a chip in your head, well, if it helps with understanding different languages and instantly communicating with people, I think it's excellent. I mean, you know what happened to the Tower of Babel. I mean, you know what happens when people don't know what they're talking about. But um, I wouldn't recommend it as, um, you know, sharing of ideas and putting ideas in people's heads. That's like mind control, isn't it? I wouldn't uh, appreciate somebody telling me what to think. I have the internet for that to see what people do and what's happening around, but not in my head. Definitely, no. <laughs> this place is secret. Well, I, I think the original idea of the chip uh, is to help with people with spinal problems, uh, uh, paraplegics and quadriplegics. Uh, mm -hmm. it, the initial research and the initial function of these chips that are being implanted are to uh, help people walk and help people mm -hmm. talk. And he says... Mm -hmm. At least my understanding of it, he's, he says that originally these are going to help people walk and talk and use their limbs better. And he, and they probably eventually will be able to use their limbs even better. But the the secondary idea is to actually implant the ideas of the world, you know, have the Google in your head. I don't know why I was just thinking about this, but I figured, hey, I'm bouncing ideas off of Catherine Habby, and she's an idea person. She takes the experiences, the ideas in her head, and she puts them to paper. Uh, is it even paper anymore, or is it all computer? Me? It's not paper anymore. I do scribble stuff if I don't find, I'm not uh, having access to my, but most of the time it's uh um, on my phone, I, I use these sticky notes on the phone and I note it down and, um, and I transfer it to the laptop whenever I have time. Yeah. Well, the paper, yeah, paper is lost. Yeah, are, there apps on the phone? Are, are there apps on the phone that help you formulate your ideas? Do you come up with the, the uh, different chapters first and then uh, do the bodies of those chapters? You know, writing a book, it's really fascinating to me. I don't get to talk to a lot of authors. I think I've had a few on this podcast before, and they have different ideas of how to put things uh, down, uh, their ideas, and formulate them. Uh, do you brainstorm and just go writing, or is it very structured, subject by subject, on what you want to write? Um, well, as I said before, I assimilate the ideas as I get them, and then uh, I really need uh, a lot of Time, peace and quiet. And then I, when I begin, I don't stop. I mean, I can just write it at a stretch. So I cannot do this um, regular one hour a day kind of writing and, then you know, get a book at the end of so many days. There has to be a muse working, you know, there has to be an idea. And then it will just get me, set me off, and then I can finish it off at a stretch. So, uh, yeah, it has to be um, a spark of an idea and not very structured in the beginning. I mean, it just works and then flows. So, um, I alter it later. I mean, I'll just complete the whole story and then go back to it and then make changes. Yeah. Well, Catherine, as a wife, mother, and a teacher, uh, you know, where do you find the time of the day? And do you have a corner of your house that you could tell everybody, leave me alone for an hour, for two hours, or however long you've allotted? Leave me alone. Mama's working. Wifey's working. Teacher's mm -hmm. working. 
you know, do you have a spot that you can be alone or do you have to go outside of the house to find that spot? Luckily for me, this is my spot. Luckily for me, um, I have, we've all been working in lockdown, especially we've all been in our four different corners getting our work done. And uh, um, I've not been able to write, write kind of things I want now because the house is so noisy with everybody around. But I generally do that in the vacations, as I said, when we're not working and then I find the time and the inclination to really start with something uh, more creative. These are just mechanical stuff, you know, the uh, random books that have been written um, for, you know, like and baby books, they just come out. But like Something creative like the triptych, it needs time and uh, I haven't really done it in a long time. So I need peace and quiet for that. Well, it's Kat. not enough. <laughs> Lockdown is not enough. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, Miss Catherine, the, the the world needs more people like you that can put things down. The the people that I mean, is it always fiction or is there anything factual in these stories? I haven't had the pleasure of reading anything or even listening to the audios. Uh, after I get off of this podcast, you know, I'm going to be looking uh, for the audio versions of them and putting them into my my audio book app. Uh, so I can listen to to the the voice of Linda reading the books of Catherine Habby for sure. Uh, so uh, I mean, are are there subjects that are historical or you know real life, or is it always fictional? All right. Um, so in the triptych trilogy, for instance, I've picked up a lot of historical characters like Pocahontas. She did come to uh, Britain, and um, you know, she kind of uh, she was the uh, earliest um, Indian immigrant here, so red American Indian, of course. And then how she adjusted to her life here, and uh, I kind of brought, uh, made it, um, I, I, like kind of combined it to the story of Henry VIII and uh, a few monks that were here around at that time. And there's a curse of the Henry VIII. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, the one in which his coffin was supposed supposed to explode after his death. And um, uh, the dogs licking his blood, and it is gory. But it, it was a curse, uh, and it came out to be true, you know. It, it actually exploded. His coffin exploded, and all these things came to happen. And um, there's this house where um, hunters lived, and the funeral procession was said to have passed from there. So I kind of used all these elements when I did visit that house. It's a beautiful uh, historical uh, monument in uh, where I live, you know, quite close to the place I live. And I kind of incorporated that into my story. Now, um, you asked me if any of these characters in the book are real, based on real. So besides the historical characters, uh, 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 humans and that, I've used some characters which are uh, based on the people I know around. And they're quite surprised to find themselves there. It's not entirely true. None of this is true. And uh, the story is um, based on kind of a mythical object, which is not real. Um, and uh, the people are definitely real. Characteristics of the people are kind of absorbed that, and uh, my characters are based on real humans. It's not a real story, though. Yeah. So you're saying some of the people in these stories that you've based on real characters have read these books, have listened to these books, and have noticed themselves in these books. Is that something yeah. that, that's happened? It has, actually. My dad found himself in one of the books, and, and he's like, I have not done any of these things. Um, it's embarrassing at times because I, I really wish they wouldn't recognize themselves. But uh, you generally draw on characters and people you know, and you can't just create them unless you're really great. I'm, I mean, I really draw on people I see around me. So, yes, if, as they say, if you're not good to a writer, they'll murder you, uh, finish you off in a book, you know, so you better be good to the writer. Uh, you've immortalized <laughs> so, them. You, you've, you've taken these people and you've put them out 
into the world and they'll be immortalized forever and ever as long as books or any kind of media is uh, is still around i i'd be excited to be fictionalized yeah. in a book even if it's not entirely true but just the the broad strokes are true yeah. you know at least yeah. you have that portion and uh, your dad that's had he had to be happy or or at least honored to be a part of your stories uh, i mean was it all was it all bad or or did he did he appreciate it yeah, i'm i was surprised he would recognize himself there actually i really didn't think he would um he did get around to it it was it's fine he just had to constantly explain that that's not me that's not that's not so yeah it's kind of um, flattering when people recognize themselves um but at the same time it's scary you know it kind of um, holds you down you don't you're not very adventurous the next time you have to be careful to you know cover it in layers so nobody recognizes themselves oh my goodness i wouldn't want that to to subdue your writing to to uh to chain you creatively you know you have to take take the experiences and of course your parents you're going to know them better than almost anyone else in the whole wide world you know you your first experiences are with your your family your immediate family your brothers your sisters your cousins who you were telling stories to uh, that you've alluded to that you st- told stories of uh, of Sherlock Holmes and and Henry VIII and the like but uh, you know those are the people that that are with you the most so of course you're going to draw upon those people have you written stories about your your husband or or your your own children um well uh, as i said um the fairy tales book which i started writing was basically um uh, for the family it was never meant to be a book and uh, that i kind of used all my uh, uh, family members into the stories and um some was based on them and how be i mean it was basically for them but it was not about them so kind of used their names in all the stories and so that they would be delighted when they read it you know and i kind of gifted it to them every christmas one new story for each uh, child a new child that was born in uh, in family and hopefully yeah they've enjoyed it yeah that is amazing it, it's it's a gift that you have to uh, to to put all, all ideas down uh, you know you have so many books out there on amazon i encourage people to go look up uh, catherine habby h a b b i e on amazon uh, you know and i found your your facebook page and your instagram and i'm certainly going to to follow your you, you follow you on on social media and oh thank you so much <laughs> oh my goodness so what is i mean what kind of response i know on your instagram you've put out a little bit of the response that you've had Uh, from your books you know the sales and such uh, i mean but but what is the response from people is it generally uh, good or, or or is there some criticism to it i mean besides your dad who was so upset about being found out <laughs> about upset <laughs> dad i i say dad it was wonderful you were immortal you'll be living forever and ever <laughs> in in the in the stories that Catherine is telling but oh, i mean so what's the sad. what's the response when people when you say hey i'm an i'm an author and then people actually read or or listen to your your books what i mean what are people what are people saying about it um well i've got quite a few reviews uh, put up against the books um uh, in in goodreads and i can see that on amazon reviews uh, but very few people very people are reluctant to give a point of view i mean opinions you know they don't want to in public on i mean they may speak to me and they say they're impressed they love it they're proud of me and um i have been giving out free books to everybody as many as i'm i'm ready to give giveaways to read them but uh, very few actually put them 
up on social media so i'm really looking forward to more reviews i would love to have people review review my books and i'm ready to give away free copies to whoever would message me and i would um, really want reviews more more reviews yeah well i'm going to encourage everyone that's listening to the sound of my voice and the sound of katherine habby's voice right now on this podcast once you get off to head over and and find more find out even more about it i know that the audio hasn't been perfect here but i think we got the idea of who you are and at least a little bit of uh, of knowledge and i I encourage you as time progresses, if you have more books that you'd like to, to promote, to tell people about, uh, to come back and, and, uh, and join me once again on the What Makes You Famous podcast or, or, or any other incarnation of, of media or show that comes up in the future. I might be in hologram form in the next year or so. Wow. <laughs> Who knows how we're going to be consuming media? You know, the, that's innovation. I enjoy innovation. I like, I like the fact that you, yes, you, Catherine Habby, have taught me even a new form of media, the, the Zoom meeting. Oh. So we're recording this on Zoom. I'm very excited. See, you're teaching people. You were born a teacher. You're, you're, yes, you're I am. <laughs> so I, I appreciate that. Are there any other avenues that you'd like to explore? Or anything else you want to tell the people? Uh, well, um, remote learning has been really challenging as a teacher for me uh, to create different, uh, um, you know, platforms to so interact with my students. Zoom has been really great. That's how I know about it. And we've been using Kahoot, which is a lovely this game. I'm not sure if you're aware of it. So um, those are the kind of platforms where it, remote learning lockdown has helped you know, immensely because. We're looking at more and more ways technology can reach students in within their homes. And um, yeah, I'm kind of planning something in the same line for my books as well. I mean, something in the summer when I have more time. So yeah, hopefully I'll use more technology for my books in the future. Well, how are the people of London uh, being uh, on this lockdown time? Is everyone wearing, or are there most people wearing masks and gloves and, and only going out for certain things? Or is it uh, pretty much business as usual or, or are things opening up as we talk about this in May of 2020? Right. Uh, even as we speak, uh, there was an announcement by the Prime Minister Boris Johnson and um, by June 1st, which is in a few days time, uh, lockdown is going to be lifted in um, the like measures so we got groups of six people can gather around now uh, from june and the shops will be open as well um, it was only essential items uh, up to now and people could still step out but just for uh, regular exercise and um, essential shopping but they couldn't meet in public places even if they're from the same um, uh, family unless they're from the same household you could not meet a family member like say grandparents and uh, relatives you could just uh, meet them in a public space at a distance of two meters. And it was not very uh, strict, but it was mostly uh, a moral conduct that people took it upon themselves to follow. Like, uh, if you notice the news recently, they even had um, a member of the um, uh, apartment in trouble because he's kind of broken the lockdown rules. There is no official, uh, there are slight fines, but there's no serious, uh, it's not a, considered a crime. Moreover, it's just a moral thing that people are following. So lockdown is a personal thing and people are doing it for safety. Well, I will take it from Boris Johnson. I know that he has firsthand knowledge. Uh, He actually had the COVID. Yeah, he does. And and yes, I I did read, I don't remember the name of one of his uh, parliament members, but that person uh, was exposed to to the coronavirus and he took it upon himself to go and visit with his family. And Boris Johnson said, hey, he did what any dad any husband would do. He went off 
and he fed, and he went to his family. I don't think. Yeah. And I it's think it's Dominic Cummings, I believe, and still debatable. And um, I know lots of people are you know on both sides of the fence. We don't really don't know because it's not fair that others don't get to meet their near and dear ones, and he's just let off because he's an important person. So still debate. Well, I I show my vigilance, you know, as we're breaking out of this coronavirus. I I have I'm a DJ on the weekends. I get to go do karaoke and video dance parties and weddings and stuff. And mm-hmm. actually, tomorrow night, Friday night, will be the first time in months that I'm going to my local uh, pub here, the Rab in Conway, Arkansas, and doing a, a video dance party karaoke show. And oh. a lot of people are very excited. And yes, I have my my wipes and my sanitary spray, so I will. <laughs> You know, do my due vigilance and and spray down equipment between uses, you know, the microphones and such. So, yes, I, I don't wear a mask. I don't wear gloves generally. But I, mm-hmm. if your establishment asks me to, I will wear a mask. No problem. I'm happy to do it. You know, if it makes <laughs> you feel better. But, uh, you know, I, I hope that we make it out of this very, very soon. And, and as yeah. a teacher, you're finding new and creative ways to teach. And that's a wonderful thing. And and, and you know, finding new ways and, and new experience, you know, through these experiences, man, I figure in the, within the next year, we're going to have so many coronavirus stories, how I survived, how I went through, you know, many personal stories or maybe stories of families. I hope that doesn't, uh, that doesn't, that isn't the only thing that gets talked about. Cause I know that there's got to be other things going on in the world, but uh, you know, I, I know that, that, that I'm going to see a lot of coronavirus uh, whatever creativeness uh, yeah in fact yeah in fact i did write a poem about that a baby and corona that's the point of view of a baby in these times and i put that poem up um, there's a link on my twitter account to it it's on poem hunter the poem and um, you could just have a look at it and uh, i did try to make it into a book but amazon says there's so many books on corona right now they're not accepting it as you said, lots of they're going to be there's going to be a flood of books uh, on the topic, and uh, they don't uh, at the moment they don't want to kind of um, publish books on the topic because people might take it as a guideline or a benchmark and follow it because right now nobody knows what's the right way to go about. So um, yeah, but in the future, yes, there's going to be a flood, a deluge of Corona topics. Yeah, COVID, <laughs> Corona, yeah. and not to mention the COVID children. There's going to be a- oh yeah, <laughs> that one too. I, I, in a mere few months, there will be yeah. so many Corona babies and possibly yeah, yeah, yeah. named Corona. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, I, I appreciate you chit-chatting with me on this uh, on this fine Thursday uh, as we as we round this thing out. Uh, let the people know once again how to get a hold of you, Catherine Habby. Uh, how would how would you like to connect with with your your people? Uh, you know, Catherine Abbey. Right. Uh, so all my books are available on Amazon. But if you do want to request me for a copy, uh, you can fa- uh, come to my author page on Facebook. Uh, I'm available on Twitter and Instagram as well. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I usually like to finish these things off with last words for the people. And I'm going to give it to you, Catherine Habby. Uh, these could be words that you live by, people, you know, something uh, uh, very profound that you heard that, that you keep in your mind or Whatever pops into your head at this moment in time, Catherine Habby, last words for the people. Dream big. <laughs> so I can say I, I have always um, loved reading, but I never visualized this kind of a future for me. And um, yeah, all, all you have to do is um, dream big, I guess. <laughs> Thank you.
Well, there you have it, party people. Catherine Habby. Oh, I knew it was going to be good. I'm sorry about the audio. It wasn't perfect. You know, there was, it's a connection problem. My goodness. She's all the way over there in the UK, London, England, in the big city. But I guess the internet wasn't perfect and the sound wasn't perfect, but I'll fix it up as best I could. And um, if you're listening to the audio portion of this podcast, it's going to sound a little bit better because I've run it through my Adobe Audition. Uh, but if you are just listening to the, the audio version, I encourage you to check out my YouTube, RadioWhat.com, Keys Dan, and, uh, and find the video version. You could see the lovely uh, Catherine Habby herself in her little space where she does most of her creating her book writing so i encourage you to find Catherine Habby on all of her social platforms and especially amazon and maybe you can consume some of her works and and in book form or kindle form or in audio form she's got it all out there so thank you so much Catherine Habby for being on the program what makes you famous thank you thank you thank you and thank you so much for listening, you the listener. Now, I'm talking to you the listener. If you'd like to tell your story, yes, you. If you'd like to tell your story, I encourage you to give me a call at 501-470-6386 or email info at radiowhat.com. That's it for me. It's Keys Dan, radiowhat.com, djlittlerock.com. Peace. I'm out of here. If you like what you hear, follow What Makes You Famous social media. Use the hashtag What Makes You Famous. Follow on Facebook at What Makes You Famous. Follow on Instagram at What Makes You Famous. Follow on Twitter at Makes Famous. And follow on YouTube at Keys Dan. Leave What Makes You Famous podcast a review and subscribe. Listen to What Makes You Famous podcast on Podbean, iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, and almost anywhere you find podcasts. Tell your story on my podcast, What Makes You Famous. Call 501-470-6386 and leave a message to set up a time. You can support What Makes You Famous using the PayPal link, paypal.me forward slash keys dan email info at radio what.com what makes you famous podcast is a production of keys dan enterprises incorporated at keys thank you for listening radio what the music you want with some great, great quotes to try your best is the most anyone can ever ask of you anonymous the music you want radio what.com Tweet, tweet, yo. Follow Radio What on Twitter at Radio What Twit. Tweet, tweet, yo.